Uh, who okay. leads the league in passing yards? Uh, Tom Brady. Who has the most touchdown passes in the league? Tom Brady. Uh, who's 44? Tom Brady. Who won a game without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown getting half naked and leaving during the game last week? Tom Brady. Well, tell me why he's not the MVP. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into another edition of the Chop Shop. Glad you're here with us. Us, as always, being Mark Schlereth and Trey Wingo. Uh, Stinky, we're heading into the final week of the season, and for those uh, watching these video clips where they see them, aloha, my friend. Yes, good for you, man. I'm, uh, I'll am i be meeting you out there here in uh, a few days, because as soon as I get done calling the game between Seattle and Arizona, I am wills up to uh, Honolulu. So i uh, going to meet Perfect. my family out there, which is the perfect way to end the season, right? Get a little I, sunshine, a little aloha. I, uh, As you know, I'm good with it. So we yes. have a lot. We have a lot to get to. But before we do, let me just say you are one of the most engaging trolls on Twitter. Uh, you have <laughs> gone back and forth with Giant fans all year because you've had the disdain of having to call forty-seven thousand Giants games. You went right. back and forth with the Jets when you showed them their your three rings, which were very right. good. And then these dweebs on on Twitter for the Bengals, you had to give them the big L for yourself mm. with the three rings on there. What was the what was the impetus? What precipitated all of this? Well, I mean, here's here's the deal. You know, you go through the draft and you know that their quarterback busts his knee up. And I'm thinking, ah, you should probably take one of the offensive linemen that's outstanding. You know, the yeah. Tristan Wirfs of the world. I know that was Tampa a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, what was it? Penny Sewell Penny or Sewell. whoever. It's, yeah. yeah the, the Slater kid from uh, the Slater Rashawn kid Slater. from the Chargers, who's just been absolutely amazing. Right. Yeah. And they took Jamar Chase. And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, that's not how I would build a team. I think that's ridiculous when your quarterback's coming off a completely blown out knee but whatever well it turned out to be great i mean good for them yeah. jamar chase has yeah. been incredible so you know i i don't mind taking that l uh, but instead of just uh just celebrating your you know afc north championship you got to tag me and everything while you're celebrating and tell me what an idiot i am so here's yeah. the deal i grew up in a professional locker room i mean i grew up in a in a sports locker room um you, don't come at me just because I'm on TV and don't think I'm going to respond. I mean, if right. you're going to get at me, I'm going to I'm going to come back after you, right? That's part of the game. That's how I look. I look at social media just like an extension of the locker room. So you know, you're going to tag me in that. I'm going to come after you guys as a fan base yeah. a little bit, and then you know, then a bunch of people got uh, you know went total caring on me and got yeah. really upset. So, you know, I had to nip it in the bud a little bit and, and squash well, down that uprising. There, there's two things there. One, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm reading you a text I sent to Zach Taylor a couple of weeks ago. He said, uh, and let me say, like many of us, I was 100% wrong for thinking you should have taken Sewell over Jamar Chase. He wrote back, I forgive you, three exclamation points. So yeah. we, all, we all kind of right. messed that one up. But the other thing, and I don't know who this guy was, someone tried to discredit your rings because they were pre Y2K. And I responded, like, imagine being that dumb to tell Joe Montana, hey, because I wasn't alive to see your rings, your four don't count. Or Marcus Allen, your Super Bowl record run at the time of 74 yards, that's irrelevant because I wasn't alive, so it doesn't matter to me. Imagine right. being that stupid. And unfortunately, Twitter well, gives us a lot of that. Right. You know, I, I responded to that guy as well and thought, Y2K? A 2K, 92K, 102K. You, you guys have yeah. no two Ks. You guys get zero. <laughs> Stop. You're one of the franchises with zero rings. So I mean, what are you talking about? My rings don't count. 
Yeah. Hey, by the way, neither do yours because you don't have any. And I'm glad I, I didn't think about it at the time. I'm glad I used Montana because Montana stopped the Bengals twice in two Super Bowls, 26 to Ooh. 21 and then 20 to 16. Uh, yes. So I'm glad I used that as a reference just to put rub a little salt in his wounds. There was nothing I called this called the salted uh, the salty Bengal uh, who was going after you for using speak to text. So I responded to him by saying, "Hey, salted bagel, relax." It was speak to text. Yeah, yeah. You know, it always comes out funny. You know me. I'm not gonna. Hey, one, it's gonna be voice to text. Two, I'm not gonna spell check it. So it doesn't matter. All right. So let's let's stay in the AFC North. Monday night, uh, in all likelihood, the last game. Uh, at Heinz Field for Ben Roethlisberger. A, cool that he went out with a win. That was great. It was very emotional. But here's the other thing that we need to understand about that game. This is why it probably should be Ben's last game. He had 46 attempts and threw for 122 yards. Now, I just want to put that in some sort of context for you, okay? Just so people understand how unlikely it is for those two numbers to be in the same thing. 46 attempts for 123 yards. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, that would be the fewest yards in NFL history for a quarterback with 46 attempts, with 45 or more attempts. So, like, nothing says, hey, go out with a win more, but also it's time to go when you have the fewest yards passing in the history of the NFL with that many attempts. I got to tell you, that's interesting because I didn't realize he had that few yards. I mean, I know they drop back every single time, but – Here's the here's really this is weird to me, and I don't know if you felt this at all. And you and I both have relationships with Ben, and and, and Ben's always been good to me. I like ben. absolutely, but I I had a really tough time getting into it. Like yeah, like like he is walking away, and I wasn't emotional, melancholy. Like it's been a great Hall of Fame career, right? But absolutely. there's enough. I don't know what it is that there was enough of a disconnect with me, or there's this enough of, of this kind of almost, eh, sometimes I don't feel he's real authentic, you know, aspect to Ben's career that I didn't get, like, I got emotional watching other guys walk yeah. away from the game. And I didn't get the same feeling or the same emotions from Ben walking away from the game that I did. Cause I almost feel like he's all of a sudden going to pop up, you know, from behind a Surprise. hedge with a, like with a clown boot on and a, and a red nose going, ah, I gotcha. Yeah. Well, he, he, he has always been about the drama. So the way they were talking about, Oh, isn't this dramatic? I'm like, kind of feels like it was like, it was orchestrated to be that way almost. You know what I mean? Like, and again, I'm taking nothing away from the guy. Absolutely. To me, he's going in the hall of fame and probably on a first ballot. There's no doubt in my mind that he, he is a Hall of Famer. It just felt yeah. a little over. And it, our former employer also was good at building up that. Let's be honest about that too, right? That is that is 100% the truth. But uh, kudos to Big Ben. He's always been gracious. Uh, man, yeah. I, did a, I did a game between the Steelers and the Broncos earlier this year, and it was one of my favorite production meetings, man. Just sitting down with Ben. Kicking the you know kicking your feet up on the desk and just talking football and talking life and all that kind of stuff. So good for Ben. What a gr- what a great run it's been. Okay, the other thing we need to talk about in the AFC North is the Bengals ending the Kansas City Chiefs uh, eight game winning streak with an amazing comeback in that game. They were down uh, fourteen to nothing, twenty one to seven, twenty eight to seventeen. Also text, texted Zach after that game is like we didn't make it easy on ourselves, but we we did what we needed to do, and now they are AFC North champs. 
And now people are all of a sudden looking at Joe Burrow as the next thing. Just so you know, in the last two games, he's thrown for 971 yards, second most total over two games in NFL history. He's amazing. Jamar Chase is amazing. But how good do we think this Bengals team can be? Well, I, I mean, obviously, I think they can be great. I mean, you look at guys under 25. You've got a 1,000-yard rusher that's under 25 yard, years old. Joe you've Mixer. got a 4,000-yard passing quarterback under 25 Joe, years old. Joe Burrow. And you've got two – thousand yard receivers both yep. under 25 years old so they're they are absolutely incredible and there's a bit of jealousy watching joe burrow play the game that i wish he was in denver i mean I, i'll be yeah. i'll be completely honest with you um about how talented they are here's what i didn't think could happen trey because it just hasn't happened nobody's been able to get into a track meet with kansas city and come out on top yeah just Pretty much nobody. The way you beat Kansas City is you grind it out. You limit their possessions with the football. You get them down from 12 to 8 possessions. You, you possess the time. You win the time of possession battle. You, you turn them over a couple times. You make them punt once. And at the end, you hope you get the ball and you're able to hold on to it for a minute and a half. Because if they get it, they're going to run down and score and beat you. This Correct. is the first time I can remember anybody really beating them in their own game in a track meet 34 31 and oh by the way on top of that all those things being true on top of that um to come from behind to be that young to have yeah. i mean at one point it's 14 nothing i i saw the 21 score to 7 21 yeah, to 7 I, too I, I saw the score flash up trey and i'm in the booth calling the game between philadelphia and washington and i was like well that one's over yeah. That's exactly what I thought to myself. And sure enough, man, here come the Bengals. So kudos to the Bengals. They're a damn good football team, one of the AFC North. They, they are. And again, you know, a lot of the Chiefs fans are like, well, there were a bunch of calls that went against us. And that's true, but that's weak sauce to me. If you don't, if you don't want to win school, if you don't want to lose school more than three points in the second half, don't, don't have a holding penalty negate a 108-yard kick return that would have put you up 35 to 17 at the half. And then even after that, Mahomes with 20 seconds left threw a bomb to Tyreek Hill at the 10 yard line at the end of the half that he dropped that would have given him more points so I want to hear the losers lament of what was penalties every team can make that claim the don't give up a third and 27 on the game-winning drive third and 27 there wasn't a, right. wasn't a penalty that Jamar Chase just went out and, and and he beat single coverage now I have a real question as to why Steve Spagnola, who I think is a great defensive coordinator, would allow them to put single coverage on Jamar Chase on third and 27. I think I have an issue with that. But fix all those right. things. Look inward, not outward, if you're the Chiefs. Because I still think the Chiefs are going to be fine. And quite frankly, I still think they'll be in the Super Bowl. I do too. And I think that's a, I mean, I think it's a huge learning curve. Um, and I think that's a, there is a certain amount with the Chiefs. This would be my one, kind of my one critic or my one yeah, Knock. It, one, my, my one critical thought about the Chiefs, and this goes back to last year's Super Bowl, you lost, and I understand you had a broke-down offensive line last year, but yeah. you really lost that on football hubris. Yep. Going single coverage and going zero blitz or, or going man-to-man in third down and 27, that's no. hubris. What are you that's doing? Like, and especially when Jamar Chase is just eating your lunch. I mean, just eating yeah. – He's like the bully out at recess in that particular game, right? Like yeah, everybody stays away from the bully playing dodgeball at recess. Um, that's what he did. So at some point, you've got to kind of come to the realization that we can't cover him, and so yeah. he's not gonna he's not gonna be the guy. They always think of in these situations like, what would Belichick do? I'm not gonna let that. He guys already got it. Already got us for 200 yards or whatever. He's not gonna yeah. get us for any more. I'm yeah. not letting him beat us. So 100. That, right. That's just a mistake, coaching mistake. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I think they'll realize that the next time they play him in the postseason, which would be at Kansas City unless an unforeseen event, a number of events happen. Because I think Kansas City is going to beat Denver. They beat Denver 12 straight times. Mahomes is 12-0 and in division road games in his career. Uh, Denver's out of it. I don't see much of an of a problem there. So in all likelihood, Kansas City is either going to be the two or potentially the one uh, if the Texans somehow find a way to beat the Titans, which I don't think is going to happen. We'll get to the Titans in a second. Meanwhile, the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals, and Arizona avoided becoming only the second team in NFL history to have a four-game losing streak after getting to 10 wins. Uh, that would have been the Jets, and nobody wants to be like the Jets. Mm. The bigger issue, though, I think the Cowboys are out of sync. They had that one explosion game against uh, the Washington football team last week where they had eight touchdowns tied a franchise record. But really, outside of that, since Dak Prescott came back from the calf strain, the offense has been hit or miss. It's been very inconsistent. What are you seeing in the Cowboys' offensive side more than anything else that has a concern for you? Yeah, there's a bunch of different things. One, there is a lack of, of continuity or connection between Dak Prescott and his wide receivers. And, and it's a real big concern. So when I break them down, and, and I actually went in-depth last night on that game because I have Arizona. So I'm looking at what Arizona did well. And you can't help but look at what the Cowboys aren't doing well. There is no connection. Dak Prescott, and I take it back. I go all the way back to that uh, calf injury and yeah. your ability to throw with your legs, especially in the West Coast offense. Offense corners would tell you you throw it with your feet. You throw it with your legs. Not only do you generate power, but it's the timing and it's the execution and accuracy of route combinations that come from your feet. That's how you – so your drops, da 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 they all yeah. set up to what where you're throwing the football and the timing of throwing the football. And when you have something wrong, as you know, your body is the greatest uh, compensation machine there is. So there is something going on. And I talked to Dak two weeks ago, and he was like, absolutely not. It's not an excuse. I feel great. I'm 100% healthy. I'm not. Well, then you need to be better, and you haven't yeah. been better. So there's something going on there. I think a couple other things. Mark, real quick before you go to the other thing. Real quick before you go to the other thing. Would not surprise me at all if whenever the Cowboys season is over, Dak's going to say, well, I had this thing. And he didn't want to talk about it during the season, right? You know this happens all the time. And, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Turns out I had, you know, uh, you know, three worms in my calf and whatever. So don't be surprised if that news drops when the season is over for Dallas. Right. I'm going to have a – procedure it's uh you know that's that's how they always do it right it's uh it's a minor surgery uh so yeah i don't know what's going to happen there but then the other thing that has been that hasn't been good is you know um terrence smith has been injured a bunch he's missed like five games he's kind of been in and out he hasn't been the same player their last not the same guy yeah they've rotated two different guys in there connor williams and also uh Connor connor mcgovern yeah. yeah, and so both Connors have not the both Connors together have not averaged or created one good Connor. They're yeah. both they're like two bad Sarah Connors instead of being one good Sarah Connor. So <laughs> I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. <laughs> exactly. So they haven't been able to figure that position out as well. Um, and then you know, I mean, I think one of the big things that that probably goes. Um, probably goes unnoticed, is they had a tight end early in the season. Is it Jake? Uh, Blake Jarwin. Blake, Blake Jarwin. Jarwin. Thank you. Wow, your, your memory is so much better than mine. Blake Jarwin is their true Y tight end. He's the true yep. blocking Y tight end. Well, Schultz is not that. Let me just say right off the bat, Schultz couldn't block his way out of a white paper bag. Yeah. And so when they get in those two tight sets, those wing sets or west, however you want to call it and designate 
Like, and he's asked to secure the end of the line of scrimmage. <laughs> he just gets waylaid. It's not it's secure. Not good. Yeah. So, so they really limited their ability to run the stretch zone stuff, both to and from, both to the tight end and away from the tight end. They've really limited themselves in the running game because of that position. So there, there's three things going on or four things going on on the offensive side of the ball that, that you can point directly to to say this is why the Dallas Cowboys are struggling. Yeah, I agree, and uh, we'll see what happens. But Tyron Smith is not – look, he's been a warrior for so long. He's just – he's so beat up right now. We'll, we'll see what happens yeah. with him going forward into the postseason. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the rarest of things are going to happen on the Chop Shop and in our 18-year relationship. We're going to fight about who should be Ooh. the MVP. That's next. Stay with us on the Chop Shop. Coming right back. Hey, welcome into our new weekly segment, Trey's Trends, presented by Caesar Sportsbook. Now, Caesar Sportsbook is the greatest sports betting app of all time, people. Why? Patience, I'm about to tell you, because Caesars makes everyone feel like an emperor. When you place your bets, win or lose, you earn more with Caesar Rewards. Dining, getaway, stays, so many perks. Now, let me explain what that means. You see, in our world, Caesar isn't the only emperor. You see, if you check the spelling, there is no apostrophe in Caesars. Why is that? It's because everyone who downloads the app is treated like an emperor. We are all Caesars. Caesar Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards, which means win or lose, you'll earn reward credits with every single wager. Redeem those credits for sports tickets, dining, getaways, and more. Presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. Here's a peek of what you can learn when you watch Trey's trends on Caesar Sportsbook's social media and YouTube channels. As we head into the final week of the regular season, there is so much unfinished business still in the NFL. we got the AFC East, the NFC West division titles, the number one seed in the AFC, and three wild card berths still at stake. And there's one potential play in the game, Chargers and Raiders, in Vegas Sunday night. A win, and the winner gets in. The Raiders can also punch their playoff ticket with losses by the Colts and Steelers. Now, the Chargers last made the playoffs in 2018, and the Raiders haven't joined this party since 2016. Despite all the turmoil surrounding the Raiders this season, they're on the verge of becoming the first team in the Super Bowl era to make the playoffs while making an in-season head coaching change. Now, the Chargers beat the Raiders 28-14 in Week 4 and are 6-3 and straight up and against the spread in their last nine games in this series. And Las Vegas... They're going to need to kick it up a notch because the Chargers' offense is on fire. Chargers have scored 28 or more points in their last five games, the longest current streak in the NFL, and the team's longest since 1982 when they did it in six straight games. Find more of Trey's Trends at Caesar Sports on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube with new episodes dropping every Friday. 21 or older, 18 or older in D.C., must be located in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where it's prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., and Nevada, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, call or text TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Copyright 2021, Caesars Entertainment.
Coming soon to New York. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. All right, back with us on the Chop Shop. Glad you're here. Trey Wingo and Mark Schlereth as we look through Week 17 and move ahead to Week 18. And we're in that postseason award time situation where we start nailing things down. Packers have nailed down the number one seed. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play against the Lions. Um, And I think a lot of people believe he's going to be the MVP. And I think you're one of those people, right? That is correct. Okay, why? Well, I mean, the guy's thrown over 30, what, 35, 36 touchdowns with four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, as as you know, he's just an exceptional player. The first franchise in the history of the National Football League to win 13-plus games three years in a row. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, and, and listen, man, I've seen, um, I've seen Jordan Love play. <laughs> like, like if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, that that team's winning seven games. So I, you know, I, just all those things you couple those things together, and how dominant they have been, and how much that offense relies on Aaron Rodgers. I, I just I just think he's probably the uh, far and away the favorite to win that thing. All right, great points. I think you're awesome. You're attractive, but you're also 100 mm-hmm. percent wrong. And let me tell you why. Uh, who okay. leads the league in passing yards? Uh, Tom Brady. Who has the most touchdown passes in the league? Tom Brady. Who's 44? Tom Brady. Who won a game without Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown getting half naked and leaving during the game last week? Tom Brady. Tell me why he's not the MVP. Like, I I, I don't – I I love Aaron. I love Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong. If he wins, I'm not going to die on this hill. But I'm just looking at the data. And I understand he has – eight fewer interceptions than Tom Brady. But let's also be clear, that's part of Aaron Rodgers' entire career is to be somewhat risk-averse at times and avoid interceptions at all times when Tom will go, I'll trust my guys to go make a play. You can say you like one or the other, I understand that. That's why the the disparity in touchdowns doesn't bother me. He's thrown for over a 1,000 yards more than Aaron Rodgers with some of those receivers and Gronk in and out of the lineup. To me, the only reason the Bucs are where they are is because of Tom Brady. Yeah, well... See, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – then you get into the semantics of who's more valuable to his individual team, right? I mean, right. because, listen, one, you know how my feelings towards Tom Brady. He's the world's greatest American, and if he wins the MVP, I will get drunk on olive oil. I mean, I, I will <laughs> I, I will just swig a whole bottle of that crap. Whee! So, I mean, I, you know, I'm all for, I'm all for it, um, but – I do still think Aaron Rodgers is going to win that thing, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if Tom Brady wins it. And you're 100 percent right about how great he has been because he has been great with the injuries they've had at the receiver position, at the running back position, uh, at the tight end position. He is the one constant on a week to week basis. Is they did have it happen to lose nine uh, nothing to the Saints though. Yeah, that's that, and that's a game. Honestly, and I don't at mean home, to make light at home. No, I get it. Right. I get it. That, but they lost a, Fournette, that's a Godwin, game. and Evans in that game. Yeah, that's a game that that I think voters will look at and go, "Wait a minute, now you're going to be the MVP, and you couldn't score against a depleted football team on the offensive side of the ball that doesn't have a legit quarterback." That that will be a that will be a. You know, voters are dumb, but that will be yes. a, uh, something right, to look right, at. So, so let me counter that. How is that any different than the, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers absolutely sucking week one against the same team? Um, they – they oh, that's that's easy. One, they had Jameis, different. Two, remember that was when Aaron didn't care about football. And then after week one, 
<laughs> after week one, then he started to care. So if you want to, hey, if you, he's the MVP from week two on. Week one, he he didn't he didn't want to be there. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we'll agree to disagree on that. I can't I can't fault it if Aaron Rodgers wins. I would just at this point vote for Brady. But I will die on this hill, and it drives okay. me crazy when people are deciding who the coach of the year should be. Mark, I don't think it's even close. I don't think it's right. a debate. It's got to be Mike Vrabel. I think it's. I, I think you can debate maybe some assistant coaches of the year. Yeah. But what Mike Vrabel has done. So I had a coach, and I told you this uh, on this podcast. I told you this. I had a coach unsolicited talk to me, and I talked to a lot of coaches over the course of you know the season, yeah. and every, like you do, you know, every every week I've got two or three guys I keep in touch right. with, and then I'm calling games. Said you know the the Tennessee Titans. Fancy themselves bullies, and they fancy themselves the most physical football team. He goes, this coach said, they're not bullies. They're not physical. Their running back is. Yep. And once that running back, you know, once that running back got injured, they're like, they're not, they're not going to be the same. They're not even going to be close. Really? I thought it was. I for a minute there, it looked like it was like prophetic. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, they have figured it out, and and Mike Vrabel has done a phenomenal job of coaching that team. When the whole actuator of that offense and that football team was Derrick Henry and having to go without Derrick Henry and figure out how we're gonna how we're still gonna capture that kind of same kind of philosophical beat you up approach and and they've they've recaptured it they figured it out. Well, listen, as we're ha- taping this podcast, there are discussions that potentially uh, they're talking about the beginning of the twenty one day period to activate Derrick Henry and make him available for the postseason. Here's the only thing I'll say. Like people talking about Matt Lafleur, and he's been great—the greatest three-year stretch uh, to start a head coaching career in NFL history. He has Aaron Rodgers, and people are talking about Nick Sirianni and the great things he's done with the Eagles, who are going to squeak in as maybe the six or seven seed in the NFC. He lost his best player for three quarters of the season. The Julio Jones trade turned out to be a big boatload of nothing. Julio was not right the entire season; contributed more than not more than a fourth-string wide receiver would for most teams. A.J. Brown has been in and out of the lineup. They get guys like Deontay Foreman and Hilliard to get 100-yard rushing games out of these guys. It's not a debate. Like, I'm sorry, no one else has lost their best player for three-quarters of the season, and they're a right. win over the Texans away from being the number one seed in by far the more difficult conference, the AFC, where you look at Mahomes and the Chiefs, and you look at Burrow and the Bengals, and you look at all these teams that we think at AFC, if they get in, even the Colts, who had a stumble last week, if they get in with their running game with Jonathan Taylor, tell me how it's not Mike Vrabel in a landslide, and if you do, I think you're lying. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm just looking at uh, I'm looking at the NFC. There's question marks about Dallas, question marks about the Rams, Arizona. Green Bay has won the 13 games, but like you said, they're probably going to have the MVP. And, and you know, Tampa's been through – now, Tampa's been through some stuff. But, yep. again, Tom Brady, you know, I, I love Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a good friend. But, come on, Tom Brady is – like, the reason Antonio Brown has been with – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is because Bruce Arians uh, isn't running the show. Tom Brady is, right? Correct. Correct. So, and then you look in the AFC. Um, what about, okay, let me just throw this one at you. What about the job that Bill Belichick, the head coach slash GM, has done in completely retooling that football team and then them going out 
and drafting the last quarterback available in the first yep. round that anybody really wanted and having the kind of season they've had. Listen, he's been great. And here's a crazy stat. You ready? If the Patriots win Sunday and the Bills, Chiefs, and Titans all lose, the Patriots would be the number one seed. They still have a chance to be the number Now, I don't think any of that is going to happen for the reasons we just talked about. The Texans, uh, the, the opponent the Titans are playing, and the Broncos have nothing in resistance to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. By the way, Mahomes has won 12 straight road division games. He's never lost one in his career. He's 12-0. and 0. Um, But the idea that that still exists is, is phenomenal to me, and I get it. But again, take away your best player and see what happens. I, I think it's... The only other accept. I'm glad you brought that up because he's the only other acceptable thing that I would have to concede. Okay, I can understand why you would think that way. But Sirianni and Lafleur, come on, man, come on. No one's done more with less this year than Mike Vrabel. Yeah, that that I totally agree with, and I love I love the fact that they show up to a game week in and week out, and it really. I love his old school approach where it's not really about being fancy. Mike Vrabel is about, as you know, he's about, we win the line of scrimmage, we're going to win a game. And that's how I approach every single game. And, you know, when they win the line of scrimmage, they they win the games. That's that's how they operate. They're not trying to out-fancy you. They're trying to out-football you. And yep. um, and I, I just, I appreciate that approach to the game. and. I think Mike Variable is incredible. And it's really hard in this day and age not to try to be smarter than everybody else. Yeah. And I think Mike Vrabel plays at the strength of, I don't need to be smarter. I just need to be tougher. <laughs> like yeah. he knows from his playing career. So I, I really appreciate that aspect and that approach to the game. He's the only guy I know in a playoff game that Belichick Belichick. And it was that it was Brady's last game at the end of the 2019 regular season into the postseason where they had the they had the lead and they had to punt and they took the false start penalty and then they took the delay of like they burned like two minutes and 45 seconds off the clock right. in that one punt. And Belichick is freaking out on the other side. I'm like, Bill. You do this. This is he's just doing you better than you are right now. Listen, right. One of those two guys, I guess I would be okay with. But look, I'm not. It's not a knock on the floor. It's not a knock on Sirianni or Zach Taylor. His best player is gone, and they're the number one seed. I, I don't know what else to tell you. If that doesn't resonate with you, we should probably talk about Quidditch instead of football. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And oh, by the way, they're doing it with a, a guy that's been incredible at the quarterback position, but. He's not in the elite tier, and he's probably not in the first tier. He's probably a second-tier guy. And there's nothing wrong with – there's plenty of really Correct. good quarterbacks that have won a lot of games in that second tier. I'm not being derogatory, but come on. You don't have Rodgers. You don't have Brady. You don't have – you've got Tannehill. Or as John Gruden used to call him, Tannehill. Tannehill. Well, we should Tanny. probably – Gruden, one of those who shall not be mentioned going forward. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, that's like, that's like talking <laughs> so, about Baltimore. Sorry. All right, brother. Well, listen, uh, I hope you had a great new year and uh, finish up strong with that game. Good game you got. Uh, Seattle and Arizona. Arizona's got a yeah. lot on the line, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy, all right? Sounds good, buddy. See you soon. Shaka. Shaka.